0: start with some uh, explanation is the audio okay we all good we start with some explanation uh before we bring the torah out and because i see a few new faces so just the idea i mean what what are we doing here while we are outside in the in the sukkah and the idea uh what is a sukkah i mean we are sitting here in a in a wannabe house kind of it you know it's a wannabe house but it's uh it's more than what it seems from physical structure point of view. Uh, the Zohar explained that basically there is seven days a year that when you're sitting in the Sukkot, you're getting all the potential energy that you might want to deal with for the rest of the year. And it's not an historical event like many people celebrating Sukkot. It's an historical event because the Israelites left Egypt and they built structure similar to that on the way out of Egypt so we are building it and then it's a historical event if it's just a historical event we're not gonna get a lot from it but try to switch maybe from history channel to a discovery channel <laughs> meaning try to switch into more the now and the future so just in your mind maybe that will help and the idea is like that normally a person has a certain amount of desire the drive the person right i mean we want a certain thing and then we chase our dream we have a desire we chase it and that's our basically energy or whatever our drive us now it's very difficult to go to a person and said i want you to want more it's almost impossible to say please want more than you want right now "Eh, how can i want more i want what i want i want as much as i want. I want as much as my desire allowed me to to desire. How do you shift a gear from desire yesterday, let's call it two point, and desire tomorrow, five point? You can't. It's impossible. The brain has to go to a, a major, major shift and change in the level of the desire. So the Zohar, specifically a book that was written 2,000 years ago, and Kabbalah, explained this explanation that, While you're sitting in this specific structure, that I cannot go into details because we don't have that much time tonight to explain everything, but just think about it, that the wall right now that you see, the floor, the ceiling, everything has a spiritual name. It's just manifest in a physical form that is the floor, there is a wall, there is a ceiling. But the truth of the matter is we are looking at energy. This is energy, or maybe you can call it Uh, a time machine that teleports you to your future. Whatever you think while you are here, whatever laughter that you have while you are here, will help you with the future. The future starts when? Sunday. This coming Sunday. It's not begin till Sunday. From Sunday, everything you did here is actually will help you with the next year to come. Now, why am I counting it from Sunday? Why am I not counting it from New Year Eve? I mean, that's what most people are counting it. Because I'm going according to what it's written in the Bible, in the portion of Emor, that we're counting usually the time of a human being from the seventh Hebrew month. We are now in the seventh Hebrew month. So it's not even a new year for if you are observing the Jewish calendar, it's not even a new year for that. Because the new year for the Jewish calendar is the month of Aries, is Nisan. So seventh month, why seven? Seven represent manifestation, malchut. It's all to do with manifestation. So what's happening? When there is a full moon in the time of Libra, we are walking into the sukkah. We are meditating here. We are praying here. We are eating here. Some people, if they can handle the cold at night in Los Angeles, they can sleep here as well. You know, we're doing whatever we can to stay in this place because we would like to increase our desire. Now, normally, when you talk to spiritual people, people are talking about decreasing the desire, want less. You know, normal people are saying, Listen, you're a spiritual person now. You should want less and less so you can become like God because God doesn't want anything. So you want to have an affinity with God to become like God. How do you become like God when you want less? Here, the books are teaching us something totally different. You should want more. Why? Because there is something that called God or Creator that want to give more. And it will be an insult that you came here to the house of God and you want nothing. So it's, it's a change or shift of consciousness of what exactly we are doing here. We are increasing our desire of all levels. But we're not increasing desire because I don't have. We're increasing the desire because there is a force we want to give. So I'm becoming a servant to that force to say, of course I'm here to receive. And please, I will fulfill the wish of the universe to allow me Basically, receive that energy. Whatever the energy manifests like good relationship, good sustenance, money, uh, uh, good friendship, uh, health, it doesn't matter what it is. So, that's what's happening in the seven days of Sukkot as we are in the sukkah. We are now, we are in the seventh night. This is it. This is the last night that we are actually in the sukkah And the last night, when we are in the sukkah there is a very special event that takes place. And I have to take you back a little bit before that. In a day that called Rosh Hashanah, basically humanity, all human beings, has to be judged on what they did for the 364 days before. Rosh Hashanah being the 365 day. Why that day specifically? Because that, this is the day that Adam and Eve were created. If you want to know what Rosh Hashanah is, it's the birthday of Adam and Eve. So that day, they're opening the file of all human beings, because all humans came. Hopefully we, we agree or no. this disagree, I cannot prove it to you. Cannot do a DNA check on unbelief. But that's what the Bible said, that we all came from unbelief. And that's why on this day, there is judgment. Why there is judgment? Because two angels didn't agree with our creation. Okay? Two angels didn't agree with our creation god basically took his elbow and pushed them to the dark mountain four angels stay those four angels that stay one of them called the angel of truth the angel of mercy and met. i'm saying it in hebrew in my head so i'm translating it the angel of truth the angel of uh... uh mercy the angel of uh, charity and the angel of peace those are the four angels that agreed to create human that's why if you look at the bible in genesis it's a nah, I say, adam. Let's let's. It's God say let's make human being. Those four angels that agree to create human are supposed to witness that we acting with peace, we're acting with charity, we're acting with mercy, and we are honest. Those are the four basically angels. Now, if we be honest a little bit tonight with ourselves and we be true to ourselves, not always we're looking for peace. Not always we tell it the truth. Not always we acting with mercy. What am I missing? Did I miss one, one angel? Huh? Not always we acting with charity. So those four angels, you know, have to come in front of God on Rosh Hashanah and find one good thing. Now, when is the one good thing happen? When you're going to an Ill- illogical event. Meaning you've been treated badly and you're able to maneuver, you're able to try to change it and act nicely. It's to act nice when everything is good, you're not gonna get a point, I'm sorry. You only get point when there is no reason for you to be nice. No reason, no zero. Then the angel of mercy says, God, look at this. This is very nice. Now, do you get point for saying the truth? No. You get point for saying the truth when it's important. When you have, a, you have no choice, you have to lie. You yeah. have to lie. Right? You have to lie. Somebody asks you a question. <laughs> the truth that hurts somebody, it's equal to a lie. But the truth that makes somebody feel good, it's powerful. Then come the charity. Charity will be tested, not for everybody. Charity only will be tested for people who are cheap. People who are not cheap cannot be tested for charity because they love to give. Somebody who every time you go to the restaurant pay the bill, it's easy. But somebody who's cheap, usually when the bill arrives, the check arrives, they go into the bathroom. For them, this is the test. So that the test of charity is for specific people, not for everyone. <clears throat> okay, peace. Everybody is talking about peace in our universe. The Zohar said that people who usually scream, let's bring peace, let's bring peace, they are the ones who are war. Why? They talk about peace. It cannot be there in violent war, and the Zohr explained that it will be no existed for those people if it will be no war. So that's why they scream peace. So on Rosh Hashanah, there is a discussion group over every human being: should we give that person another year, or this person is wasting our, his soul, and we should remove him and give him a chance to be reincarnated. So we come, we pray, we scream, we yell, we cry. We do everything we can to beg the Creator. And that's why we say they pray, either judge us like your son or either judge us like your servant. So why son or daughter, forgive me lady, son or daughter or servant? Why do we have to say servant? You already say son. Because there is a difference. When you are acting like a servant, right? I think one of my son told me this. You're allowed to walk to the house of the king all the time. Because you're just a servant. You're nobody. When you are a son or daughter who did something bad. We have a problem. But a servant is a servant you know. And there's a story I told at Rosh Hashanah. I will tell it again. And the story is very very nice. It's about one of the greatest Kabbalists. One of the greatest rabbis. He walked into that fancy hotel. He was thirsty. So he didn't know how fancy was that hotel. I don't know the name. So he go. I say, can I, have, can I have coffee? And he gets a shekel, you know, the coin in Israel, let's say. So he comes in with the coin and he's about to pay, and he gives about five shekels. The guy behind the desk says, Excuse me, this is 20 shekel coffee. He said, 20 shekel, let's say it's $20, let's change it to dollar. dollars $20 coffee.
1: said, $20 coffee for what?
0: Uh-huh. You see the pictures, you see the, the floor, the special carpet, the cleaning lady. So he looked, there is a cake. Sound there. Okay. Uh, how much for the cake? He said, The cake? $20 too. He said, $20 for the cake? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's in the cake? He said, Oh, no, it's not about the cake. It's about the carpet, the picture, the, the cleaning the place, the window. So he's very confused. The rabbi turned around. And you see few people that they have no chance even to have that kind of money. And they're having cake and coffee and they're having a good time. So you go over to them and say, excuse me, uh, sorry to say it, I'm not judging you, but how can you afford to eat so much? You, you don't look like people who have money. I say, no, we are working here. For us, everything is for free. And that rabbi look and... It was a few days before Rosh and he came back to his congregation and he shared that story. And he said, you know, <clears throat> when you decide to be in the house of the Lord, the house of God, everything is for free. But if you decide to go on your own, then you have to pay a lot of money for everything. So that's what we did on Rosh Hashanah. Ten days after we had Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the day, it's called the day that we are basically become like angels. There's nothing more beautiful to become like angels, become closer to God. And at that moment, you are fighting to make sure that whatever happened in Rosh Hashanah, that file, that your name is on it, will go in the right direction. And in the end of Yom Kippur, you sign yourself for the book of life, that you will live in another year, that you will have another year, that you will be signed for the book of life, that you will be healthy, that you will have money, that you will have good relationships, that you will be happy, that you will enjoy whatever you have in your life, that you will appreciate everything you have in your life. It's called the ne'ila. In the ne'ila, we use the word Khatom or Khatmenu. Khatmenu means seal. We seal ourselves in the envelope of the book of life. Sometimes while we're doing the sealing things don't go all the time the best way. We do the best we can but listen, very tough to erase everything we did in the year in one hour almost like the father and son father and son the son is behaving very bad the father is a very nice person he doesn't want to tell his son that he behave very bad sure I'm sure you heard the story for me so is he have his own private basement and every time the son behave bad he put a nail on the wall because the son doesn't listen the son grow up in becoming a very famous guru in India he come back to New York, and as he come back to New York, finally he his father and Father, you know, I'm sorry for everything. You did. I did, you know, I, I'm spiritual now, I realize. So the father said, I'm so happy. So he take him to the basement and he said, Father, what are those nails on the wall? So many nails. He said, well, those nails, every time you behave bad, and I try to talk to you and he scream at me, I put a nail on the wall. So one day when he will change and do chuvai, do repentance, I will show him. And now look at you. You become a famous teacher, become a famous spiritual person. Now I can tell that you change and you transform. So as <clears throat> he said to his father, Father, what will it take for you to take the nails out? He said, well, you have a chance now to change your behavior, to become a better person, and I will take the nails out. The son being so spiritual, change, help, volunteers, give charity, help so many people. And slowly, suddenly so the father started taking all the nails out. And that day that, that the father took the last nail out, the son said to his father, I think it's time for us to have a little party. So we invite neighbors and everybody, and they have a feast, like, like we sitting here, and we they tell jokes and they eat together. And then the son looked at the father and said, Father. I want to ask you something. What about the holes on the wall? It doesn't look nice. So you say, son, this part, I can't change. To take the letters out, I can change. What does this story mean? And unfortunately, my father used to tell me this story for many, many times. I never got it when I was young. The story, I heard it from my father, actually. And the idea is that... The holes can be changed by you. It cannot be changed by your father. Father means like God. He can take care of everything. But you have to change something. You have to commit something tonight. You have to commit for something new. You have to commit for something different this year. Because tonight what happened, whatever been decided on Yom Kippur, in the envelope, it's called Pitka. It's called a note. Tonight, the angel gets permission to manifest it. But sometimes, whatever is written in the envelope is not such a good news. I cannot lie to you. Not, not everybody, it's written there, you're going to have a milk and honey. Some, uh, there is a situation. And then, the manifestation, the manifestation of that night, the manifestation of that night, of Yom Kippur, manifests tonight. After midnight, there is a permission from the angel to go and manifest if there is good news or bad news, they allow to go after midnight. Midnight is around 1240, 1230. <clears throat> and then we, we look at the shadow. When you stand in the front of the moon in the shadow, what is the shadow? I mean, it's all night about the shadow. No, the shadow is one minute. That's not the main part. The shadow is indicate how you're doing. So when I'm looking at your shadow. And I'm looking at every organ. Based on the organs, it's telling me which organ gets hurt in the ear. So I, then I can tell you, say, listen, you gotta work on that, gotta work on that, you should change that. And then we stay awake. Those of you capable, you should stay awake all night. Why are we staying awake all night? Because we want to make sure we're fighting that physical domain of the body. Because the only reason that we commit something negative is not because of your soul, your soul is holy. Your soul is pure. If you take a diamond and you're throwing it into the mud, it's still a diamond. If I tell you in this dirty mud, there is one billion dollars of diamond, I don't think some of you will be ashamed to go get dirty and get the diamond out. Diamond is a diamond. That's your soul. Your soul never gets dirty. But we have a body too. (laughs) Misbehave. That body has issues. We all have issues. Issue is taking us to places we don't want to go. It's like Rabbi Chaim Vital write to his teacher, say, Teacher, when Ari Akadosh came to his student, his main student was misbehaving. And Ari, who was one of the greatest Kabbalists of all time, Say to his student, Rabbi Chaim Vital, which the organization is named after him, Vital is Vital actually, but people, Americans, cannot say Vital. So we call it vital transformation. It's after his name. Because it has to do a lot with me, Rabbi Chaim Vital, without going to details. And Rabbi Chaim Vital, what happened, he had issues. He had anger issues. He had impatience. So in one point, when Ari tell him, you are the highest soul ever came to the world. So how can you tell me that? You know all my issues, and it's listed in the book. He said, this is all my You I cannot tell about me like that. And then he went, he went to Shabbat to his teacher and said, Teacher, please help me. I can't stand it anymore that I cannot overcome my negativity. Why God created me with damage? Why God couldn't create me perfect? I want to be perfect. I want to be perfect. I can't. I just can't become better. And I, and I don't know why God punished me to become like that. And Dari looked at and said, you should not think like that. Because you're getting more reward for what you overcome to what you accomplish in life. In life, pe- most people who accomplish get very little bit amount of light. But what we overcome, that's the real light. Overcoming anger, huge amount of light. Overcoming impatience, huge amount of light. That's a real test. So, on the shadow, that's what we're checking. We're going to, in about five minutes, we're going to read the Torah. But we're reading, the Torah is built from five books. Four of them written by God, according to tradition. I cannot prove it to you. Four of them written by God. The last book written by Moses. The last book is just a repetition. It's called Dvarim in Hebrew, but it's also called in Hebrew Mishneh Torah. Mishneh means second to Torah. Second in command to the Torah. That's the last book. Why are we reading this book? Again, Malchut. Everything we're doing tonight, we are correcting the negativity that the body accumulates around us. Malchut means the foundation of physicality. That's actually what we're doing. So when we are reading right now the Torah, the fifth books of Moses, then we're going to check the shadow. We're supposed to be happy tonight. So that's why we have guitar. We're supposed to sing. some coffee and cake. Why are we celebrating? Why are we supposed to be happy? So... I will tell you that that tradition of playing guitar started many years ago, by mistake, or not by mistake. And it's a tradition that I have to, um, I might develop ego with what I'm about to say, but I already have ego, so it doesn't make any difference. (laughs) So it was in Queens when we were about this group. That's how we start, 28 years ago. And I had a guitar that somebody... Uh, by the name of, even I remember his name, Sid Kessler bought it for me. He bought it, he, he was from Canada, still from Canada. And, and I took the guitar and I started playing just to keep people awake. So, my teacher, the Rav, wasn't there. And he went to the mikveh and he saw me. And I was very nervous because, you know, you're supposed to study, you're supposed to teach, you're supposed, and I was enough with the teaching, I can't do teaching anymore. I took the guitar and a little bit there, play. And, and people were happy, so the Rav, you know, quiz is very small, it's like, like this size, the same, and the big quiz at the back, so the Rav coming down, and the Rav stop, and as a respect to my teacher, I'm standing up, I'm so, sorry, Torah. And the Rav put their hand on me, said, Liao from now on, that's what Oshana Rabbah should be like. Everybody here, really? I didn't know, I thought it have to be religious and serious, and from that moment, we start doing music. It's very funny. It's like the moment I was shocked. like uh, Because you don't know us from then. It was different days. So that's basically what we're doing tonight. So meditate while I'm reading. It will not be so exciting. It will be boring part. That's the boring part. You might fall asleep. You might hate yourself for falling asleep. You might wake up the neighbors while they're falling asleep. Do the best you can to stay awake. You know, if you cannot stay awake, stand up. It's a reading. Again, it's a boring reading. Really boring. It's in Hebrew, too. It's, we, I'm reading it from a scroll. So it's from a original scroll of the Torah. So there is nothing I can tell you to be excited about. There's nothing excited about it. My voice is not the best. I'm not a singer. Okay, So everything about it, we have a problem. The good news, you're getting the energy. That's, that's the only good news I can tell you. You're getting the energy you need for your soul, for your body. And then we take it. I have a little cold, so I will do the best I can to read everything for you. Uh, My two sons will help me, you know? So, that's what (laughs) My son, Bichel, is uh, gonna share with us later some secret. My son, Yehuda, will share some secret. Debbie is pushing me that she wanna tell a few stories, so we see what's gonna happen. That's about it. So let's bring the Torah and let's start uh, rolling here. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Chag <laughs> everybody.